0: Hello, this is just a quick note to say that this episode was originally put out as a a bonus episode on the Patreon feed, so you'll hear me at the beginning talking about this being a Patreon episode and so on, Um, that's why. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to put something up because it hasn't been an episode in a while. I am currently reading a book uh, in preparation for the next one, it's taking me way longer than I planned. Next year, I am going to try and plan things better because I've, I've ended up, I feel like I've ended up doing too many episodes that have required me to read books, which takes, uh, which is fine, but obviously takes time. And when I have a lot of other stuff going on, it's like just hard to squeeze it in. Um, I need to, yeah, so next year I'm going to try and do, for example, plan a few more film episodes or whatever. It's much easier to squeeze in, like watching a film or something um so i'm going to try and plan any few things that that require less preparation time in amongst the ones that require more so that i can um get things uh, a bit more regular that's my plan for for next year but um yeah there will be a proper new episode as soon as i've finished reading this book uh got that interview done um yeah so that's that uh i hope you enjoy this and um, i'll see you with a with a new one soon (sighs)
1: Welcome to Utopian Horizons.
0: Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of Utopian Horizons. Um, I'm not by myself this time as I normally am. I am joined by a Rosie who you would have heard on this podcast before if you've been listening to her a while when we talked about Bloodborne and she also appeared on the um, video games and cities episode uh, so hello Rosie. Hello there. And of course you also know Rosie is as, as, uh, my co-host of uh, our frankly fantastic podcast. It's incredible. Um, yeah um, get object so I'm sure you're all already familiar with that But but yeah if you're not
1: Give it a listen, why not?
0: Yeah. Certainly. So um Rosie has come on to talk to me about Kentucky Route 0, which we've I think we've both we've both um come to in, in very different ways because you've basically just played the whole so the, so episode f- act so it's a five act structure, act 5 just came out like I don't know a month ago or something like that mm. and you've just played the whole thing in one go, right?
1: Yeah, I played it all over the course of, I think, yeah, two weeks, something like that. Um, And I've kind of been aware of it before, but um, I understand it's been releasing over a very long period of time. So I guess you've been playing it
0: over that period. I've been playing it for seven years. Oh, wow. Really? That long? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was originally a, a Kickstarter and like they i think they originally planned um to do it as one thing but mm-hmm. it quickly became apparent that like they couldn't do that in terms of like th- the money they had and stuff like that so they started doing it with an act structure and they seem to have a very um they're kind of dedicated to the art is what i'll say and that they will release the episodes when they feel that they're ready so oh, right good for they, them so they've spent so I think the the first episode the, the gap between the first and the second one wasn't too long, it wasn't short, sure, but it's got just like progressively longer and longer. Um they actually uh sort of talked they announced that they were completing episode 5 for last year. Right. And then they just didn't. Yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And then they just And they also tended to like not really it would be like a year would pass and then they would just like release one they wouldn't like do you know what I mean build up to it right right it was kind of um, but yeah so I've been playing it sort of every year or every couple of years (laughs) in a new episode so I think I played I I, I think I did I played like one two and I think I played one and two again when three came out because it was quite a Mm -hmm. long gap so Mm. I played one two three but then I've just played four and five so I haven't like revisited it as they've come out yeah yeah (laughs) So um, how did you find this experience? Because you were telling me before like you you, <laughs> you found it quite sad to play through.
1: I found it really sad. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, I mean, I'm not, I don't know. It's probably what they intended, isn't it? Um, I am not someone who seeks out sad material. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've had this conversation about you and horror, right? You don't like horror that much. No, no so,
0: I, d- I, I just can't deal with it.
1: Right. But I feel like the braver thing is to not watch horror, but be able to play things like Kentucky Route Zero without making <laughs> you just so miserable. <laughs> Maybe because it's it's a sad world. Like it's a world in which people are really struggling. Um, yeah. and, and you see that um, you see the story of one particular character, which is just quite heartbreaking, the uh, story of Conway. Um, so no, I found it very sad. And um, I didn't I'm not sure. I particularly enjoyed the experience of okay. playing the game. Um, I'm not sure that matters, though. I mean, I don't. Are you think saying,
0: I, saying you didn't like it or you didn't enjoy it?
1: I didn't enjoy it. I did okay. like it. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the quality of of it as a text is like up for discussion or debate. Really, it's it's clearly it's well written. Um, it's beautifully put together. Um, it's it's genuinely thoughtful and and interesting and and weird and and good in all sorts of ways but no I wasn't like having fun playing it I was feeling really sad a lot of the time
0: (laughs) yeah so with with like the world yeah what how do you how did you kind of think of it as in like a a time did you think of it in terms of a time when it was supposed to be set or like oh because to me it's quite um I don't know I mean, it's obviously not set in, like, medieval times or something, but at the same time, it's not, it feels like it's quite, um, it's contemporary, but, like, it doesn't feel like, uh, it feels like it's quite open, like, time-wise, I don't know, I'm finding it hard to conceptualise, to describe what I mean.
1: I mean, often the marker that we'd look for is lots of discussion of the internet, which there wasn't really. There weren't lots of mobile phones, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, instantly always makes things quite difficult to place um, in that respect. Maybe a little bit in the future, but but I don't know. It felt like kind of now to me um, because think... of all... The... Sorry, go on.
0: No, I was just going to say, I think it's um, it's about... To me, I, I think of it as a game, kind of about, uh, like, the experience of living in late capitalism. Mm. So, and it feels like it's kind of covers all that the the time that that encompasses. Yeah, if you know what I yeah.
1: mean. No, I think that's I think that's exactly right. Um, that yeah, it feels kind of timeless, but also specific to our age, perhaps.
0: Yeah, yeah. they had because because. So yeah, for me that was. I think I said this to you before in a conversation we had, but um, I, and it, uh, maybe I did, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I initially was kind of a bit unsure about it, like when yeah. I first started playing it, because I think that's partly just because of having played other games that are maybe um, you could think it's it's quite self-consciously like experimental and like you know a bit arty, and it, it was. It makes a lot of kind of references and stuff and sometimes I was struggling to understand like what it was trying to get at mm-hmm. and I think maybe I've played a lot of games that not a lot of games but I've played games that mistake being like vague for like having for like being worthwhile if you know yes. what I mean and yes. I was kind of like I guess I was kind of reading that experience into it and kind of thinking i is it just going to be like all very artsy pretentious and and necessarily think it's valuable because of that but the kind of the thing that really um made it work for me was like the consistency of the economic themes mm-hmm. which is why i yeah say it's a game about like capitalism because there's all this stuff when you're moving through it like that's a, a for me like what the tragedy that we've talked about is always connected to like the the miners in act one where it has mm. like the the miner they have to they got paid they was it they had to they got paid in tokens or yeah. something and if they wanted like air to circulate in the mines they had to like put tokens in and and, like buy the, fans yeah yeah and there's like a disaster where they were all killed like and i think like all the I think all the main characters are kind of affected by that in some way. Like, Mm. obviously, Shannon's family uh, lost their home. And that's kind of evidently broken that family to some extent. Yeah. Um, Conway obviously mentioned, uh, I don't know, maybe we can talk about that. Um, Is that... uh, Yeah, did you have a a character who kind of connected with you the most or is there anyone in particular or anyone's story?
1: Um, So uh, Conway's was the one I found the most um, emotionally difficult, um, but I think it is actually just the saddest story as well. Um, um, Shannon, I really liked. Mm -hmm. There's something about a character... Now, I can't remember whether this is something that just happens or whether it's a choice and it's something I chose because um, part of the mechanics of the game is that often you get to choose what a character's going to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time you meet her, she comes kind of sort of... In my imagination, it's like, you know, she's she's kind of dashing up to Conway um, and, and she says, can a person be haunted, is like the first Oof. thing she said. And I find that really fascinating. I thought... Um, yeah i thought I thought that was really lovely. I thought haunting was was tied into the um perspective of the world and the and the the strangeness really well um and haunting's a really good way into talking about relations of domination and exploitation and unfairness um there's, yeah
0: there's there's a real sense of the whole everything you move through being haunted by like the tragedies and the exploitation of the people who yes. are there. There's a sense that all the characters are haunted by the the way they've been exploited or indebted or, or whatever.
1: Yeah. I, th- I mean, I felt like that was really effectively woven in. Um, there's a few texts that talk about um, the interrelation of haunting and capitalism. Um, Mark Fisher's work is quite famous in this field. I haven't actually read it. Um, I don't know if you've ever read any Mark Fisher.
0: Yeah, I'm doing capitalist realism chapter by chapter on this patreon oh there we go (laughs)
1: fantastic perfect um as well of course we've got um marx and engel's communist manifesto which starts talking about a specter that's haunting europe Mm -hmm. um but there is also um avery gordon's book um ghostly matters haunting in the sociological imagination i don't know if you will have come across that ever it's like one of it's like my favorite book i i really (laughs) love it it's 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 um it's very unusual to come across a work within the social sciences, which is as um, beautifully written and um, enigmatic as as that book. Um, it was written in 1998. So I think it kind of overlaps with a lot of this kind of hauntology type stuff, but the two never seem to reference each other, which mm. I always find odd. Um, Avery Gordon, uh, she wrote... She basically wrote a book about how she was struggling to find ways. Uh, she's a sociologist. Um, she was struggling to find ways to un, sort of write about how, um, quote, modern forms of dispossession, exploitation, repression, and their concrete impacts on the people most affected by them and on our shared condition of living. And she settled on haunting because she found it to be an animated state in which a repressed or unresolved social violence is making itself known, sometimes very directly, sometimes more obliquely. Uh singular yet repetitive instances where the home becomes unfamiliar, when your bearings on the world lose direction, when the over and done with comes alive. And I thought and she she writes about fiction in that book. Um she thinks that fiction's a really good way into um kind of starting to think through how we might represent systems of exploitation because fiction already grapples with this haunting, which is a particularly powerful metaphor. Um, and I think she'd like Kentucky Route Zero anyway.
0: That's such a perfect quote for this game. Exactly. It kind of fits so brilliantly. It,
1: it fits beautifully. I mean, I honestly can't recommend um, Ghostly Matters enough. It's it's a really fascinating work. Um, but yeah, she she draws in like um, Beloved by Toni Morrison uh, work of uh Luisa Valenzuela who I've never read um but yeah I think I think she would really like um Kentucky Read Zero because it does that really effectively like the the yeah the feeling of this world as as strange and kind of alive with um something that is difficult to quite put your finger on and sometimes it feels like it's in the background and sometimes it's kind of feels like it's right in the foreground and it's yeah it's it's great I, I as I say I didn't like I wasn't like having loads of fun playing the game but it's really beautifully put together very effective I think in what it was trying to do
0: I think uh it's kind of also there's a a kind of haunting of these uh like unrealized potentials that people have that it's kind of like their their life as it could have been That like it's like a yeah, an, an apparition that you, you can't, yeah, I mean, um, just even from stuff like, yeah, just like Conway's story is so sad, like you said, like uh, he, so just, yeah, if anyone, I mean, probably should have said spoilers up, we haven't spoiled anything yet, have we? No, yeah. we haven't. I don't think you really can spoil it anyway, type of a game like this. But anyway, yeah. I'm going to, so yeah, Conway, um, yeah, he, he he gets injured and near the beginning of the game and he ends up kind of getting indebted to get medical treatment and then he yeah. he falls into alcoholism and kind of signs up to give his life to like this distillery and there's a sense of him like fading like he mm. almost becomes a spirit doesn't he he's like fading he's less and less a person as yeah. just on this yeah but even like that medical treatment thing because there's the doctor that he sees is like he tells some like nice story about it's something like about how his grandma was ill or something like that I can't remember but it was yeah, some like yeah. personal thing about how he wanted to then become like a medical he had like this really genuine reason for wanting to become and then he was like oh and I had to pay for college and this company like so and then he basically like sells this he he, ha- he clearly had this genuine thing to to be a doctor for like a good reason and, and the whole mm. system, the way it works has made him, has taken his genuine desire to help someone and like transformed it into something horrible and made him a conduit to like further in debt of the people, because he's in debt from that and to further in debt of people and he, like I said, he had this genuine care and that's the thing, that's like a haunting, like uh, what he wanted to become what he's like now doing absolutely
1: yeah yeah it's so sad that um just the whole the whole way that then kicks off like but even before then even before then you know Conway was injured you know he got this injury that he had to get fixed by the doctor and that injury is like well you know and he because he was still working and maybe he shouldn't have been working at his age like the whole it's just mm. like it's so sad from beginning to end all these circumstances pile up um but as you say yeah the doctor the way in which indebtedness works in that game um as a system in which people then in quite a few of the stories you know um characters are made to work against the interests of one another because of their indebtedness um uh there's a there's a um I think it's one of the like little vignettes you get at the beginning or end of the chapters, um, Mm. where there's uh, people in a bar who obviously owe the landlord um,
0: money. Yeah, but they're doing a play or something.
1: Yeah, it's like a play. Um, Mm. Yeah, so they're like acting it out. uh, But yeah, like the story goes that like in the end that they haven't paid for their drinks or something, and and the landlord just has sold all their debt on. Oh, I, th- I think it's to the Hard Times Distillery. Again. To the Hard Times a, Distillery. Uh, yeah. Who are like the bad, bad guy corporation. Um, yeah. I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, just on the, I guess on the economic stuff and mm-hmm. the, uh, like the time period, because I did, I went, because I interviewed the people that made the game ages ago and I went yes. back to, I went to my original transcription rather than the, article I wrote, so Mm. so i guess this was in response to a question or whatever because because this because the first episode came out not long after the financial crash in 2008 2009 and so it felt like it was Mm. wow did it really sorry
1: that that far back
0: yeah i think the first uh what was it i think it's 2011 or something so they would have been developing it like yeah so anyway, so they said they said uh, it was definitely happening right after the financial crash in 08-09, So that was something specific we were responding to in that moment. Right. But also looking at the game, it's set in America, and a lot of it is about American history in regards to wealth inequality and precarity and the exploitation of labor. So yeah, the Depression era when that was happening because it does it does have like a feel of the Depression era about it, doesn't? Well, to me it does. Like yes. That's kind of.
1: Well, the idea of like the hard times distillery, you know, it sounds like um like a like an old like blues song or something. Yeah, um, and Conway
0: in his rickety old van, feels yeah. like he could be, yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, the depression era when that was happening, and the forty years or so leading up to the depression, where wealth inequality was accelerating, and we had robber barons and stuff like that. In Kentucky, we had the coal wars in that period where mining companies were exploiting their workers and were using violence to suppress unions. And another period that we look at a bit is also the 1970s during the oil crisis. That was also a period of labour conflict in Kentucky with the coal mines here. The... There are those specific moments that we try to connect and we're also careful to try and set the game in a non-time to kind of conflate all these times because it's important to us to communicate that this moment right now or that moment seven years ago, they're not unique, they're part of a pattern. I think that tells you a lot about... That explains a lot about the way the game feels and mm. the way... Yeah, and like I said, to me, what I would think of it as a... I mean, I, I obviously... Exp- they're thinking of it pre-late capitalism but that's why to me it feels like it came about the experience of being uh a, a, some uh a worker within capitalism and like these things happening over and over with the same kind of effects on people
1: yeah that, and it, i mean it, it really sort of cleverly allows you to sort of place yourself within it um I think there's such an abundance of stories like that's one of the main things in the game, mm-hmm. isn't it? You just come across people and they've all, they've all got a yarn to tell. Um, mm. that, and, and so many of their stories will be about their working lives and how, you know, um, the work grew thin, how, you know, they've had to stretch themselves and, uh, and adapt and, and try to cling on. And, and so many different professions are covered and, um, kinds of jobs you might have I think sooner or later you stumble across stories that are work that you've done like I definitely found that there were like three different occasions where people were talking about jobs and it was like oh my goodness All of a sudden, like I've done um work with like telecoms stuff and all of a sudden someone was talking about how IVRs came in and you know suddenly all the robot voices are trained up and stuff like that and it's like oh yeah right so there was such a familiarity to it, such a specific familiarity to the way in which so many of these stories are told that I think it's, you know, it's going to be effective for, for most people playing it eventually. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think of uh, Lula Chamberlain as well, who uh-huh. I think stands in quite nicely for somebody, Yeah, who wants to... Uh, she's kind of an, an artist and she has some, like, academic things she wants to do, but she's doing this, like, office thing. Yes. And in the... And the cut obviously is um things like, uh, yeah, academic and artistic pursuits have become more and more difficult to mm-hmm. pursue. That feels like something that will connect with a lot of people as well. Yeah. So I think she's an outstanding. Ezra's the one that like gets me the most. Oh, you like the Ezra. Idea. Well, no, it, no, I mean, in terms of like how sad it is like, right. that he went, I think he got made homeless as well like with his parents and they were at a bus station mm, and then mm. he went somewhere with his brother who was a giant eagle for some reason um julian and then they came back and his parents were gone right and that's just that just like, <laughs> breaks yeah. my heart just like a child like coming back i mean he doesn't seem to mind that much but i don't know that that was just like the saddest one for me
1: I no, it's, it's very sad. Yeah, poor poor Ezra making his way in the world. Although I will say he seems relatively jolly. Um, he does, you know. yeah. But I guess that's another thing as well, is that like, see, this is another way actually, that it made me feel like it was um, holding up a bit of a mirror quite effectively to the player. Um, you know, Ezra's is relatively upbeat compared to some of the characters, but actually all of the characters, you you have significant choices in... The kind of things that they'll say, as we've covered, like, you Mm -hmm. know, what they'll say to other characters and and even things they'll think about. And Mm -hmm. I um, found myself, because I was just being so bummed out (laughs) the whole time, I found myself always trying to go for, like, the cheeriest thing to say or, Mm -hmm. like, think about the thing that I thought looked like it would be the least sad because I didn't know, (laughs) you know, how much more I was going to be able to take. And, um, and but you know you're you're always choosing among various options and you're like well I'll go for that one it's the jolliest and you know maybe like it made me think maybe I just do that in real life all the time as well and like (laughs) it didn't seem like all this action was actually making the world better in any way it just made me feel a bit tragic and like just trying to like jolly your way through (laughs) this like miserable journey
0: yeah I don't think the choices in this game have an effect in the sense that they do in other games right I was interested um It's not like it's more about like the the tone of it, I guess. Mm. I mean this is a thing that lots of people have said, but it feels more like you're being positioned as like a a, a co author or something, right. more than like inhabiting the characters. Um one of the things in there like is something like it says can't remember the the phrase but because i know, i just remember this because it was in the article that i read really, i looked at it's like uh, the the phrase is like com I as i can't remember the exact thing but just say like conway walks over here mm. it's not you walk over here or it's like conway does this it's like you're being positioned like a, a step away from mm-hmm. it so you're you're kind of yeah in a more kind of authorial position i think that makes
1: sense yeah like that yeah it's more sort of writerly Mm. um
0: yeah that um quote you had ages ago you talked about not uh not something about home like uh when home becomes
1: unfamiliar
0: yes yes that's a big thing in this game i think right like that has um yeah something that if you i noticed when you think about it like all the spaces in it are um, interstitial spaces. Like, um, uh, go on. <laughs> and, like, uh, they're all in between spaces. Right, like, yeah. They're all. They're all. You're on roads. You're in uh, a petrol station. You're on a boat that's travelling on a river. That's true. Or like
1: in the vestibule at the. Um, you spend loads of time in the vestibule at the sort of weird bureau. Yes, Yeah. which
0: is like, and like, that's like explicitly like a bureaucratic space. We have to um, navigate the different pieces of bureaucracy and you're doing it to get, so it's like a place of transition that you're going here. You you go to mm. that, um, or you go to that, uh, that parking, is it a parking? No, no, no. It's a warehouse or a parking lot that's been changed into a church or something. yes. So it's a place that's in transition from yeah. what it was to something else. So, like, you there's, I mean, are you ever like the the there are the, the, you're not really ever in someone's like home or you're briefly in the doctor's home, but even those homes are flown from the museum to the forest. Yeah, um, Absolutely. so like every so, yeah, they, yeah. I just think that's interesting that they're placing you always in these like in between spaces, like, there's no sense of, like, home
1: mm. Mm. Yeah, always in kind of motion and always, like, on the road. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, towards the end, obviously, you get what might be um, vision of home, but it's it's difficult yeah. to say.
0: let's talk about that in a minute. I just okay. want to go on yeah, another yeah, quote yeah. on this theme because I, I think they, they was, again, they had something about this... Like, home and stuff. Because, yeah, they use the song, if you remember, in Act f- 4, like mm-hmm. 3, The World Is... This World Is Not My Home. Is at the end of the act when uh, they, they're on a boat, like, going past the yeah. restaurant. Yeah, yeah singing yeah, yeah. This World Is Not My Home. Right. Um, so, you, yeah. there's something about that. So, they said... Well, there's overall theme, you're making delivery, so a lot of these places intersections on the most basic level. Sure. You're transitioning through spaces anyway. But yeah, there's themes like, um, I don't know if that's a typo. I've put Jake in a second act. <laughs> that mm. must be a typo. Uh. Whatever. The second act uh, is about home. Uh, and there's the museum. Yeah, the people being displaced. And there was that song, an old hymn that we used in the original trailer, and that's in the game. Um, it's that song this world is not my home a thematic of that is i'm just passing through and related to that uh it's a function of that feeling of being precarious of your life Mm. being a precarious proposition economically that you don't have the agency to take ownership of the world you can't put down roots or anything so you're sort of being shuttled through and kentucky itself is also i always felt a place full of transitions it's a border place in a lot of ways um geographically we pass from the farmlands of the midwest into the, the appalachia the, that passage happens through kentucky during the civil war it was this contested border place and then there's this idea of just going off into caves and passing through a cave as the threshold between the above ground and below ground that's why caves are sort of mystical interesting sites mm. so yeah that whole that all that stuff i think ties back to all the economic themes and when i read that that Always, that resonates with the kind of things that I was thinking or feeling when I was playing it. Like, and yeah, it does. Yeah, precarity is the the, the thing. Like the way that all these people's lives are so fragile and mm. so susceptible to to tragedy, and that's what's the really sad thing about it. I think.
1: Yeah, everyone is just sort of clinging on. I mean, it is it is sad. Yeah, it just feels. I mean, do you did you um I wanted to ask you this because obviously you, you read um, or or play or watch like lots of sort of dystopian stuff um, for this um, mm. do you do you like it I'm not sure what the word is do you enjoy that kind of thing did you enjoy playing Kentucky Route Zero and if so do you know what it is you enjoy
0: um, yeah uh, yes I thought oh, you d- must do <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah um like i said uh, early on i was kind of a bit unsure but um i i always really like anything that's about capitalism right (laughs) i mean i mean i basically read any piece of media i i I, uh i read or watch or listen to as being about capitalism if anyone listens to this podcast they probably know that every episode basically yeah this is about capitalism but (laughs) um if it's doing that explicitly at something uh I don't know. I just didn't I'm just interested in so I I enjoy that. Um but but also it's it's kind of um it's hard not to be impressed or enjoy it, I think, purely on an aesthetic level. Mm. Just the way they and again we talked about this before, like of um air, uh, like the the way it does things with like scenes with background and foreground. Um, now,
1: yes, I had something I wanted to say about that, actually, because we were thinking mm-hmm. about that. Um, yeah, so the kind of thing we're talking about is um, uh, there are there are points where you'll be like moving through a scene and something that had previously become background suddenly you sort of, um, you sort of move into it mm. and, and it becomes, it sort of opens up and becomes the new sort of scene that you're in. It's difficult to mm. describe. Yeah, um, yeah, the background will sort of come forward. Or the foreground will sort of recede into the background. This, I think, is, I mean, following kind of thinking and um, reading around Avery Gordon's work, it did make me think that this is probably a really useful technique that we can use in fiction for thinking about the ways in which um, capitalism will play out in the stories that we have to tell of our lives. Because what is background and what is foreground? For instance, if we think about the story of Conway, um, they move his drinking. It, it kind of, kind of, sort of comes out through the story that Conway probably has a drinking
0: problem. Um, it does it quite subtly and slowly. It does it, it subtly um, and slowly. Doesn't um, make it clear. It, it absolutely kind of, doesn't. And you at some point, like, you at some point know he's an alcoholic and feel like you knew it before without. <laughs> It's exactly that. So well.
1: yeah, yeah, and because it's not at the very foreground. In so many stories, if we were to say, oh, what's happened to this guy? Why has his life turned out the way it has? The fact of his alcoholism would be in the very foreground rather than the fact of his medical bills or the predatory actions of the Hard Times distillery or the mm-hmm. impossibility of his stopping working or you know you know just the fact that something something that was completely unpredictable this accident happened to him and he you know he had to he had to get his legs sorted out you know and that that stuff would all be in the background and and you'd look at his drinking as the reason why his life turned out this way but it, it does not feel like that is the reason his life turned out that way in Kentucky Route 0 the stuff that's foregrounded is is the kind of systemic exploitation of people like conway um and maybe that's why he drinks you know
0: um I like that reading a lot <laughs> that's very nice I, th- I think you can it's like and like we've 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 said and with that quote and stuff it's always there mm. I, I can think you can think of it that way it's always there in the background or sometimes moving forward and becoming but it's like a, a yeah this is a interrelationship between it as like as a as a thing that's sets the conditions for people's lives and moves forward in like specific events that's uh yeah i Mm. like that
1: yeah now that occurred to me is maybe yeah something that worked and and just on an aesthetic level it's very beautiful as well the way that the scenes kind of shift and move around um there's lovely soft lighting um the the art direction is is really really good and um the um the music is and and sort of sound design in general, I think, is pretty impeccable. Yeah. It's it's lovely um, to look at and to hear.
0: Yeah, all the like music bits are really nice. Mm. Like, the way they use music is incredible. Um, so you uh, go on, then. You, you 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 were talking a bit about like the end and like how. So yeah, I'm interested to know how you kind of felt about the last act and like how it kind of left you feeling.
1: So at the end, um. Unfortunately, Conway is no longer on the journey, but characters have made it to um, the uh, sort of destination point that we've been kind of seeking. Um, And it's a town. um, And there are houses and it's been hit by flooding recently. And there's a question of whether the people who already live there are going to stay around and try to rebuild and also the question of whether the the sort of ragtag team that have made it this far on the journey are going to put down roots. I found it, um, I did find it kind of hopeful. I think by this, I think maybe that was the point at which I felt that my my choosing of the sort of choices of, you know, the most merriment and um, positivity that I possibly could Um, because it was the ending. I don't know. Maybe that made it feel a bit more like, well, I am able to end on a somewhat hopeful note because Mm. the story isn't going to continue on past here. Mm. Um, So if I leave it with everyone saying, well, maybe tomorrow will be better. Maybe tomorrow will be better. I don't know. It still made me feel sad because yeah you know because you've got four options for people saying oh I think I'll move on I don't think there's going to be you know I don't think it's going to work out here you know various things and then one option being like maybe it'll be okay so even when you choose the maybe it'll be okay option you're like ah it might not be
0: (laughs) yeah so uh I I'm kind of I'm actually kind of with you on it being a bit of a hopeful ending yeah this is my this is why I I think there's like so this is clearly overall like a depiction of a very dystopian like reality that we live in, but I feel like it's kind of at least got a sliver of utopian. Right. Uh, kernel at, at the end. So, so I found the last, so in this town as well, it's got, um, so we were talking about like haunting, there's like these black kind of figures that will kind of <laughs> fade in and fade out. Yeah. Um, who are kind of, I guess, implied to be people who were, Previously in the town that was owned by the company before they kind of abandoned, abandoned it, and I mean we took like we said all the there's all these like the the deaths of these miners is in the background as you moving through there's all these little stories and this found like this felt to me like a presence of all those people mm. like all these people from the past and. Yeah, these kind of ghosts that have been affected by all these things we've been talking about. And they have this, they have this, uh, scene where there's a funeral, um, for two horses that have drowned. Yeah. Um, and it's again one of these musical pieces they have where they sing like a hymn and the characters gather around and then it kind of zooms out a bit, I think. And then these figures like are there. Um, for me, that, the way I interpreted that scene was like the horses thing was just the comp- didn't really matter. It felt like that was like a mourning for like everything that right. the game had been about, like all the victims yeah. of all these things. Like the- it felt like it was for those ghosts that were there um this bit, this is the bit I said to you before where I cried right because I felt like it was about every single thing that the game had been about like this precarity and economic exploitation this was like a funeral for those victims mm. not it wasn't anything to do with the horses for for me for like how I read it and then that was like the morning for that and then it felt like mm. afterwards there was a sense of like you said like okay this this town's been abandoned and all these characters have their very sad stories, but they are together now, and yes. they feel like they've built something. And like, it feels like, yeah, there are some characters in the town who maybe want to stay around, and it feels like maybe we, we can mourn all that sadness, but like maybe now we can like build something because like that's what the destination that they get to feels like a. In a part, it's like a, a like kind of red herring for the whole story, and that it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. but at the same time, it's like this empty. It's like this empty house. There's like a frame of a house, yeah. and it feels to me like it's there to be m- made something. Like it's a choice of what that's going to be. Like it's not a fully formed thing. It's like it could could maybe be something. Like that's what it felt like to me. And and to me, there's like a little kernel there of okay yeah utopian ending we can now build something better maybe yeah
1: no i absolutely i think that's lovely um yeah uh that one of the characters um actually says in that last bit um, and i'm not quite sure the context i forget um wouldn't it be nice to arrive at the beginning of something for once and and mm. I, I, I pulled that quite out because I thought that was an example of how sad everything is, because <laughs> it's mm. like, oh, yeah, because it's mourning everything that's ending, you know, and everything, everything feeling like it's ending and is slipping away. And, and you know, there's not enough of anything. and um, But actually, yeah, maybe you can look at that quite completely differently or, or from a different angle. And it would actually be you, you could be at the beginning of something. Mm. Um, mm. And yeah, that's nice.
0: Yeah, and I don't know whether that was intended because mm. like they always say in like all their interviews that this is a tragedy, that's meant to be a tragedy, and it's going to end as a tragedy, mm-hmm. and it it does, I guess, in a way. But they did also talk about how there's meant to be like moments of hope as well. Like they talked about the journey on the river meant to be about that a bit as well, because they said like you're meant to get the sense that there's communities like on the river who have like there and like building you know they found somewhere and they're doing something so I guess that is meant to be in there Um, yeah
1: I did notice that, yeah. There was, a, there was a restaurant on the river which seemed like it was actually suddenly doing a bit better than it had in, in past years. And, and, you know, they were cooking up all sorts of weird eels and stuff like that that they'd found. <laughs> uh, and they were actually getting on okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess there's... I mean, there is tragedy in the ending, isn't there? But I don't think they must have intended there to be that hope. Because as you say, the, the the images of our kind of funny group of traveller companion friends um together in that Mm. kind of um blank slate of a home Mm. at the end you've you've got to take something from that and and the fact that it's this town you know where uh, everyone can maybe sort of live close to each other I like the way that the the houses in the town are like all of radically different design um Mm. suggesting different kinds of um housing projects or, or, you know, um, different mm. kinds of, um, ideas of community, um, that you can mm. have, um, and, and, um, yeah, the suggestion that maybe something, some different idea of community could, could happen here.
0: Also it, uh, the game, the very first scene, the sun is setting yeah, and then it's dark the whole way through the game and the final act is sun rising. mm so, like, to me, that's also not uh, coincidental. Like, no. that feels like it's tying into that idea as well.
1: Yeah. No, I think we do end in a in a more hopeful place, definitely. Hopefully.
0: Okay, well, uh, I guess that's a, a nice spot to end. Um, and yeah, like I said, I don't think you can really spoil this game. So even if you've decided to listen to this without playing it, um, I'd still recommend it. Doesn't feel like a long game to me, but maybe that's because I've played it in chunks over. I don't know, is it long?
1: Um, it took me, I reckon, about twelve hours. Oh, really? <laughs> I think so. It wasn't. It wasn't short, okay. but I did get stuck at one point, which is ridiculous in like a kind of game which doesn't really have puzzles or anything like that. So,
0: oh, but is that because it? Because it does something which is unusual in games where, like, does it in the act it doesn't in a couple of places maybe where somebody gives you directions and if you're used to playing games that means normally like they've put it on a like a as a waypoint for you yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. this whereas in this game it's like no you actually have to like listen to the directions and then like f- follow do you know what I mean like uh yeah yeah you don't normally have, have to do that go around they on the like map like drive down the 47 and then at the burning tree take a left and then drive north for a bit and you you actually have to listen to it and follow it which is not normal was it something like that? Or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I did get stuck at bits like that. Um, but the bit that I got, there was a bit I got stuck on for like three hours and it was literally because like it was because I hadn't spoken to all the people I needed to speak to to progress oh, the scene yeah. and I couldn't figure it out. Um, so I was like looking for walkthroughs on the internet, which there aren't any because you don't need a walkthrough for this game. <laughs> I like somehow managed to get stuck. But yeah, so uh, it took me about 12 hours, I reckon, but you could probably see it in in, in 10 or something like that.
0: Yeah. And it so. is lovely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you might cool. not fully enjoy it, but <laughs> like, it's definitely worth your time.
0: Okay. Well, uh, thanks for coming to talk to me about Kentucky Route Zero. And, um, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, you should try out Get Object if you'd like to hear us talk more about video games, uh, yes, or please. objects and video games more specifically. Uh, and also, um, check out Rosie's other podcast, Diane and the Shadow Trap about Twin Peaks and monsters, respectively. That's right. Okay, well, um, uh, that's it from us and I'll be back soon with another episode. Cheers. Bye.